When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, a weekly discussion about the National Hockey League's Boston Bruins, affiliated minor teams, and prospects of tomorrow's stars. Or fights to keep it in, does, has it in the corner to Sanderson, back in front door, shot, scores! Ray Bork. Ray Bork from the face-off circle to the right of Reggie Lindland. Fired it down and Whitmore blew it. He bounces down to Bergeron. He takes the space, pulling it wide to the right of Tatar. The snapshot over the Rossi gets loose and Bergeron scores. Patrice There are three ways you can support the show. We are available on Apple iTunes, SoundCloud.com, and on TheHockeyWriters.com, located in the podcast channel of the website. Now here's your hosts, Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back for the 28th episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is the Mark Recchi edition. I'm Mark, and as always, joined by the best co-host in the history of podcasting, my buddy Rob. Rob, what's going on, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. I, I, I'm just... I'm pumped. I, I'm, I'm really excited to have hockey back. Um, uh, last week, the Bruins started on Thursday, and they had a game on Saturday, but I don't care the outcome of both. I'm just happy that, you know, it's back. We're starting the season, and now we're going to jump right in and talk uh, Bruins hockey for the 2016-17 year. So Yeah. Finally. I know. Finally back. Oh, it feels so good as well. It does. Um, uh, the bees uh, started on Thursday night. Like I said, um, they, they they started the game a little rough. Uh, uh, nightmares of the past two seasons, and but turn it around uh, more or less in the second period or second half of the game, and uh, really. Blew it. I mean, just just like, like blew the gates off of the off the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets for a six to three win. Oh yeah, that third period turned it all around. Yeah, um, Marshan, an unbelievable night, five point night. Uh, yeah. David Pasternak with two goals. Um, yeah, it was it was it was a good comeback. A little frustrating to watch in the beginning, but uh, the the uh, 
the finish was the uh, the better part. Backus with two big goals as well. I forgot about Backus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, his first game, he really showed um, uh, what the Bruins, uh, st- you know, what he can contribute to a Bruins team. Yeah, and what did I say? All his goals will come from round the net, and one was a tapping in front, and the other one was a redirect. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, a big body in front of that net. Yep. Um, uh, and it seemed like Tuka Rask uh, hurt himself in that game too, because obviously he didn't get the start last in last night's uh, game against the Maple Leafs. Uh, any con- yeah. any concern? No. I think he just like tweaked his knee on the way down on one of the shots. Took it, him a while to get back up. So. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Um, I, I'm not overly worried about it, but um, no. but I mean, since we're on it, uh, we might as well talk about the disaster that happened last night. Yeah, um, not a good first game for Anton Hudobin. No, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the signing, but. I, I mean, he does have NHL experience, some NHL experience. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not thrilled about it. I think that he he's the same player. I, I wasn't thrilled uh, when I saw him in training camp. Um, he just doesn't – I don't know if I don't like his style or, yeah. or I'm not sure what I don't like about him, but it's just I, – I just – I can't get a grip on why – well, it's it's kind of like Tuka in the first game. Yeah. Like, he gave up that, that bad first goal. Oh, that was terrible. But then he also bailed us out about ten times in that game. Right. And then Hudobin had a couple of bad mistakes. I mean, the first one where the puck was in between the D-man's legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know why he went back on the goal line and just sat back. I would have been at the top of the crease, cut that down. Yeah, either that or go for the big poke check, get the puck away. That's true. Like it, it wasn't too far from the crease, so it wasn't. It was just a, a bit of a weird one, but I, he's got to get the rust off his game. So. Oh, oh, sure, sure, and 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 believe me, I am not pointing last night's loss all on him. Uh, a yeah. lot of defensive collapses, a lot of um, missed mistakes. Um, well, the thing is, over like over commitments, over commitments, in my opinion, Toronto is going to be a difficult team this season because they've got a lot of youth on there and a lot of them are fast. And I mean, if you look at that chance from uh, where it was Austin Matthews to, I think it was Mitch Marner, uh, the the little pass when they they overcommitted on Matthews. And he just did a little backhand pass, and it was straight through on net. And Hudobin made a big save on that one. So, I mean, they're one of them teams where you you got to try and shut down the top players, but they also have young, fast players in the bottom six. So, right. it's going to be a hard team to shut down. But yeah, and I, uh, going back on the on the Bruins defense, it's just it, it, it's it's going to be a learning curve for these guys, um, especially Brandon Carlo. And uh, Robogara, I mean, there's a lot of size on the back end right now. I like that, and but I also like that these kids are getting the opportunity to get in there and get a little bit of season into them. You know, shake off some of the, uh, you know, the anxiety that they might have. I, I, you know, sooner or later these kids are going to be really good. So it's going to be growing yeah. pains from here on out. Yeah, and I mean, you got three guys on the right side that I mean. 
Colin Miller has what half a season of NHL experience and then you've got Carlo and Ogara that don't have any NHL experience so I mean you go full right hand side of the decor that's getting abused all game long mm-hmm. because they're just they're just breaking down the left hand side of the ice against the young kids and like we, it, especially in the Columbus game I mean every puck went into like the the right D-man's corner and they were just trying to abuse the young defence so well they definitely got exposed yeah, I think though Claude Julian did a good job of switching them round. Like you saw Tory Crew play on the left, uh, on the right hand side at one point to try and stop that whole like abuse the right hand side thing. So I mean, they're making up for it with with some coaching decisions, but it's going to be a difficult season. Yeah. But we've got guys coming back like Kevin Miller and uh, Adam McQuaid. Yeah. Uh, McQuaid. So. It's whether those guys are going to come in or whether they're going to sit and let the young kids play, which is what I'd like to see them do. I mean, you're going to have like five million sat in the press box, but I'd rather do that and let the young kids play than have McQuaid and Miller out there. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Not 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 big fans of Miller or McQuaid, but they do have they do have experience, and and you do you do need that. Yeah, you do. But, I mean, using them as, like, 7th and 8th D-men, bringing them in for the occasional game and letting the youngsters play the majority of the season is probably the way to go. So, but, it's like I was saying, there's both McQuaid and Miller are good, like, small trade chips. Like, if we want to get back some of the picks that we've sent out for next year's draft then use a guy like McQuaid or Kevin Miller. Send them out for, like, third, fourth round picks. I mean, some team's going to need the defense. We've seen it all, like, the, the the first few games of the season for some of the bigger teams, and they've not been able to win, and they've got kids on the defense, and they need, they need a right-shot defenseman. I mean, right-shot defensemen are going for a, a big price right now even shut down guys so I'd cash in while they can right yeah it's just can you find a trade partner yeah and and you know the whole Truba thing keeps coming up yeah I I, 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 as much as I want to see a kid like that or or Cam Fowler um, I just I don't know I think the bees are gonna I think they're gonna give up too much stick with Carlo Carlo's pretty much uh, the same as Truba, but a couple of years younger. So, right. I mean, you you kind of got that that guy who you can mold into someone like Truba. So, uh, I I just don't I don't take notice to all these trade rumors at the moment because I can't see Cam Fowler going uh, from the Ducks. I, I I could more see Hampus Lindholm go. As a unsigned RFA, which kind of sucks, but at the same time, if he's wanting six million and they can't afford it, do they trade someone out or do they just say, right, we'll get more for trading uh, Lindholm out and keeping the pieces that they already have? Right. So, I mean, you never know what's going to happen if you 
if you're getting rid of someone just to make room for someone else, you're gonna start creating holes that you didn't realize you were gonna have. So, and I it, don't know. I'm all for making a deal for a defenseman if the time is right. And it, what I mean by time is right is like on paper. If you look and see that you know this team is gonna be a, a, a deep playoff run. And you need yeah. and you need that addition. Then make then pull the trigger on something. You, I mean, you might have to give up a little bit, but that that's the way that's the way it works. It's a business. Yeah. But I don't see this team making anything deep. I mean, I, I'm predicting them out of the playoffs as as I see on paper right now. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't pull that trigger because of expectations that are probably not going to happen. Plus, you're going to have a, have to give up something of the future like yeah. it's not going to be they're not going to do a straight one for one with one of our NHL guys now no they like I've assets. seen the I've seen the Tory Krug thing and I, I don't see it happening because a lot of people still see him as an undersized defenseman so yeah. I mean I, I just don't want to give I don't think Sweeney's going to want to give up like part of his plan because like I said, for the past half a year, he's drafted by a position. So, if you give up a guy like McAvoy or something like that, is there going to be another right shot defenseman that you can pick in next year's draft? We don't know. Right. So, it's a, it's too big a gamble to fix something right now. Well, put. But yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I just. I don't see it, and especially with an RFA, because you don't know how much money they're asking for, you don't know what kind of term they're asking for, whether they want no trade clauses, I mean, it's all a sticky situation, really. Oh, sure, and and when a, when a player, if a, if a trade does happen, and the, and the player has a little bit of term on them, maybe a year or two, you have to also wonder if that player is going to resign. Yeah. You know, there's, there's always that scenario that, you know, oh, uh, you know, I'm happy to be in Boston, but then you come in here and play, and then you do your job, and then you're not satisfied with the results of the team, and you don't want to be here. So basically, you're giving something up for, and you basically letting, you know, a walk. Yeah. But and and we're not built to win now, so. Right. I mean, you, it, it, it you want competitive. Them, yeah, you want you want them guys to come along, the one or two year like deals that are left over that's when you're building your Stanley Cup team not when you're like in the middle of a retool like we are now right so well uh, we're gonna jump right into next week's games um, where the Bruins are continued their three game road trip to start the year with the last game on that road trip in Winnipeg tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Uh, they are home for the first home game of the season against the New Jersey Devils on the 20th at 7. And this one, I'm so excited that it's going to be a Saturday night because I'm probably going to be wasted and hungover for a podcast next week. But they play the hated Montreal Canadiens at 7 oh. p.m. at home. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. Yes, it is. And um, I'm thoroughly looking forward to that. Yeah, I think that's it's always the highlight of the start of the season. Yeah, first game against Montreal. So absolutely. I mean, when when anybody when any Boston writers uh, you know look at the schedule when it comes out and you know they pick the the, the ten 
best games of the year. You know that the first Montreal game is always the the top of the list because of the rivalry, and yeah. uh, you know. And you're gonna chuck these three young D men in at the deep end yeah. against Montreal. Yep. So, I mean, I you saw it the other night. We had what Bacchus for Cadre. Uh, yeah, Nazem Kadri throwing and then the gloves Char, down. Yeah, and Chara for Matt Martin. <laughs> so, I mean, that was against the Leafs, never mind about the bloody Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, when, so you know, Andrew Shaw is probably going to be there to mix it up. Oh, yeah. You know, he's going to be a pest. I hope a guy like Bolesky just steamrolls him. Yeah. I awesome. really do. I, I just want one of our heavy hitters to just go in there and be like, no, he's nothing. But yeah, that that's probably like I said, that's gonna be my favourite game of the next like fifteen games. So I can't wait for that. Tomorrow night's game would be interesting too. Winnipeg's shaping up to be a young team of you know, in their own. Uh that should be a good game. Uh they finally got rid of uh Andre Pavlik. Do you hear you read that? Through waivers, yeah. Yeah. yeah that is a a bit crazy. So uh, I haven't really looked looked up uh, any any uh, research on this, but it seems like uh, Connor Hellebuck and um, Michael Hutchins, Hutchinson, yeah. former Bruin, yeah. is going to be the uh, tandem there from now on. And Hutch played pretty well uh, last night, I think it was. Yep. So he, I, I so wish we'd have kept him. Oh. He'd have been the perfect backup with Hutchinson. Yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of, um... You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Yeah, Hutchinson made his way out of the Bruins system uh, with the, uh, the pick of Subban. Yeah, I thought he was doing pretty good when he was playing down in the uh, South Carolina Stingrays organization in the East Coast Hockey League, and yeah. he did play a little bit in the Providence uh, organization. But I mean, he's definitely making his, st- his stand now in the NHL. So good for him. Oh yeah, great play. But Thursday night's game uh, should be another interesting one. Um, this will be the first game that we get to see Taylor Hall as a New Jersey Devil. Oh god! Yeah, <laughs> another great yeah. player. Another one that Shirelli uh, just pissed away. But yeah, it's uh, all coming back to haunt the Edmonton Oilers fans that said that he's a changed man. Right. Uh, yeah, but you gotta feel bad for Hall. Like he's gone to New Jersey, and I mean. Yeah, they're probably better than the Oilers were, but I mean, he's not going to win a Stanley Cup anytime soon. Wow, I don't think so, so either. Yeah, I think New Jersey. I think Ray Fierro and the New Jersey Devils are are basically kind of sort of like the Bruins right now, and and just kind of you know built in the building process of you know getting back to you know creating a little bit of a playoff streak. Yeah, they're they're another team that I like though because. They've got a few players that, on their team that um, I'd love to have on the Bruins. And uh, they're, they're kind of that team that I'll always I'll give a quick watch to, but I'll never cheer them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not my favorite team, so. 
but uh, yeah, that, I, I think that'll be a good game because they got quite a few skilled fast forwards, so it's another test for the D-men. And then uh, hopefully Bergeron will be back by then, so hopefully. Well, New Jersey, uh, actually, next week's games, where is Winnipeg? Oh, Winnipeg is 1-1. One and one. New Jersey has yet to win a game. Yeah. And Montreal is 1-0-1. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, and we get to see the mighty Alexander Radulov return. Oh, oh I forgot fun. about that. Oh, oh. The, the $5 million man that has to show what he's worth this year or he's walking. And I, don't him and Char have a bit of old beef going? I d you know, I, I'm not sure about that. I, um, did, it, was, did this stem back from when he played for the Nashville Predators? Or is it yeah. international-wise? No, I think it's from Nashville. Because I'm pretty sure it's him that like threw a bit of a kind of hip-to-knee check on Chara oh. and didn't, he wasn't very happy about it so that might be a fun thing to see if that's still going oh boy. especially when he's got a Montreal jersey on right <laughs> yeah don't don't be going into Chara's corner with that jersey on <laughs> you won't enjoy it oh. yeah so what else is uh, injuries injuries real quick uh, Tukarask undisclosed day to day we're thinking um, lower body uh, yeah. Bergeron sidelined. He's lower body day to day. Adam McQuaid upper body. He's day to day. Kevin Miller, uh, his hand. They haven't listed as day to day, but uh, from the reports that I've read, he's out uh, weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it said three to four weeks and, on uh, for hand surgery. Right. So. And of course, Frank Vitrano is sidelined. Till late December with a foot injury. Yeah. But um, how about the young kids on the on the forwards? Um, Austin Zarnick. I'm I'm liking his game. I really. I, I'm, that, I'm uh, very impressed. That what? Who was it that he hit on the boards? And Jack Edwards just went absolutely mental. Right. Yeah. He, I, uh, I'm not sure who it was, but I do remember him saying, "I uh, just just going crazy." Yeah. It was a big-bodied guy as well. Oh, it was uh, Brandon Dubinsky. Okay, all right. Yeah, and he, he took him down along the boards and to say that Brandon Dubinsky is probably double the size that Austin Zarnick is. Right. That That's buying into the Bruins type of play, throwing your body around like that. So that's it's quite good to see. Uh, I'm enjoying his type of play. He's quite fast and kind of is kind of a like pass first mentality yes that's exactly the way he played down in the down in providence last year in his rookie yeah. season in the ahl uh he's he likes the dish but when he has the opportunity he can shoot too yeah i'd, I'd like to see him like kind of do what bergeron does like stay in the high slot but he kind of likes to go to the half boards and so i mean I think he'll. I think he'll get the, get used to the NHL game soon and kind of start playing, a bit differently. So, yeah. I mean, they're all just getting used to it, the two games in. So right, it's it's still early. I'm not ready to jump out my office window yet. So, 
Yeah. But not yet. Yeah, not yet. But speaking of that, I, I was a little frustrated last night with Brad Marshan. Uh, yeah. It seems like he's uh, got a little frustrated and and started being the 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 old player that he he once was. Uh, Two um, penalties in a row. Yeah, back to back. He just didn't look right. Um, I, I I just I I hope the coaching staff sat him down and just said, listen, you know you know you're trending in the wrong way. We need you to do this. We need we need that five point effort that they saw in Columbus. So yeah. Uh, it it was. See, I, the first penalty didn't annoy me because it was kind of, he was just protecting himself. And it was, I, I don't think he saw the hit coming until the last second, so he kind of couldn't decide whether he was jumping out of the way or going to throw a check himself. But the second so, one was all him. Yeah, the second one, I don't get why he went for the headlock. and. Yeah, and then he's just I like, mean, you know, looking at the ref like, what did I do? I was trying to get away? Well, no. Yeah, that's why I kind of like the bigger, powerful guys who'll turn around and just, if it's a hit like that, drop the gloves. Right. That That's why I, I think the fighting thing in the NHL can't ever leave, because if you get hit like that and you're annoyed, don't get frustrated, just turn around and say, do you want to drop the gloves? Yeah. So, but we all know Marshawn's not that type of guy, he's more... The agitator. Yeah. And he'll do the annoying thing to try and wind you up, but most of the time he'll get caught out for it. So, I mean, we started to see a different side of his game, and it looks promising. It's just we're always going to have one or two games of the season where it's like that. So, let's just hope it's not like half the games are like that and half the games are like actually good. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean,. It wasn't a bad effort against Toronto. I mean, we did some things well. Like the penalty kill was great. Yeah, uh, I, I just thought they looked like they were getting outskated. Yeah. I mean, Toronto is certainly fast. Uh, you know, with Matthews, which which I'm surprised that Matthews uh, went pointless last night. But um, yeah. but you know him, Mitch Marner. Um, who's the? There's another one I'm thinking about. That Nylander. Was, yeah, yeah, Michael Nylander. He uh, yeah. he's fast, and there's one more player that I I can't remember, but he was also um, had some big strides. And those guys can move their feet really fast, and at, at at times I thought our defense was just kind of overcommitting a little bit, and and it got beat along the boards uh, a few times. But I mean that's all stuff that can be worked on. Yeah, that that's that's gonna come with game experience and kind of gelling together a bit more because there are quite a new uh, quite a lot of new faces on the Bruins I mean it's no way near the team it was last year right so but I, I've got to admit I really like that fourth line yeah like, yeah I, I really think that's gonna stick for the rest of the season I was actually surprised um, by Dominic Moore's game in the uh, what we've seen the past two games yeah I, that in uh, in Columbus, uh, was it shorthanded where he did that little reverse toe drag around the D-man yeah. and went in for the shot? And <laughs> I don't think I've seen that from Dominic Moore in the I, past two seasons. No, I, I was I was literally sitting at my desk and I just like my jaw basically just dropped. Like, wow, that was a great move. Yeah, I didn't know it was him. 
Right. I thought it, I thought it was like past an echo or something, and then I realised it was more on the back of the jersey. I was just like, okay, keep going. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think Achari is playing a lot better on the wing uh, than he did at centre. I think it gives him a bit more. Like he doesn't have as much responsibility. He's not going to protect the low slot. He almost like to me, it might not sound very good with, with the way it comes out, but. To me, it sounds like he's creating more ice for himself on the right side than he did at center. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Okay. He's um, he, he's playing a good game as well because he's down the boards instead of down the center of the ice. So he can use his body a bit more. He's battling along the boards a lot better. I mean, he was dishing like digging pucks out and dishing them down to the D men all game long in Columbus. So. I kind of like I, I really like that fourth line I think that third line needs a bit more work I mean we saw in preseason Jimmy Hayes absolutely level the uh, who was it the Montreal Canadiens D-man I think it was oh yeah, yeah. Just, preseason yeah, yeah. yeah just train wrecked him right behind the net and I'm still waiting to see him throw one of them hits like the, there's times where he looks really good. Like in the Columbus game, he looked quite good. He got a couple of good shots off and was kind of unlucky not to get a point. But uh, there's times like that where I think, right, he's, he's starting to play better. And then he'll have his next game and he looks like Bambi on ice again. <laughs> so it, it's just, I don't like the... He, when he slows down or he goes for a turn... He kind of looks like he jogs on the ice a bit. Like he doesn't take big strides to accelerate. He mm-hmm. kind of just, he'll take four or five little strides, move nowhere, and then all of a sudden he'll start skating. And it's kind of, it's kind of annoying because he's got such a big frame. He should be able to yeah, get some to bigger that. strides in. So, I think that's some something that he needs to work on is his skating. Because the rest of his game is pretty much there. It's just he needs to get better at his skating and probably throw his body around a lot more yeah definitely yeah but uh, um that uh that the first line I think is amazing especially after that game against Columbus that was just crazy I mean Pasternak looks like a totally different player I was just uh you, you, the king of segways I'm telling you yeah, I, neck. I was just about to talk. I uh, wanted to talk about him, and I'm pulling up the stats right now on NHL.com, and he. Oh, all right, maybe three, not. Three goals in two games. Okay, so that's that. what it is. Now, yeah. here's my question for you. I like David Pasternak. I believe that he he did what he had to do um, to get lean, but but body mass on for, for the upcoming season. I think he goes into the boards m- much more aggressive than he ever did before. I'm not saying that he didn't wasn't aggressive last year, but what I mean is when he went in last year, he made a hit, he was bouncing off, and he was picking himself off the ice. Yeah. In the, in the three, I'm sorry, two games so far, I've seen a total different player. I've yeah, seen, definitely. He, he's always had the skill. I, I'm not going to question that. But 
now he's getting in there and he seems like he's matching up one-on-one -on -one against other players very well and um, it's a contract year for him he's he's, he's gonna be a restricted free agent at the end of the season I, I'm, I'm expecting big things from this kid this year I think he really wants to prove that he belongs in Boston and and wants to stay yeah well like you said he's he's put muscle on he's not done what a lot of players do where they they put mass on but it's not muscle and kind of doesn't work out but he's done well and he, he's protecting the puck a lot better instead of like last season when he had the puck and he started protecting it and shielding it from players he kind of just throw it to center ice and hope that someone was there like Krejci to pick the puck up this this year he's kind of he'll protect the puck and at the moment that he realises he's going to lose it he'll play it down the boards and he knows either Brad Marchand or David Backus is going to be behind that net those, so, yeah those are two good players that to have alongside yeah. him you're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast you can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel available at thehockeywriters.com was really good and I've got to praise uh, John Michael Lyles for that goal because I was not expecting that pass I thought he was going to shoot the puck so that was a nice one timer but I mean that first game I think him and Brad Marchand have just proved that they have quite a bit of chemistry together sure so I'd love to see him stick on that first line I don't know whether Bacchus is going to stay on that first line when Bergeron comes back I can't see them putting Bergeron on the third line so Bergeron is in Boston and he's skating with um, uh, um, staff training staff at the Warrior Ice Arena so uh, I'm, I'm expecting uh, I, I, I really don't know about the Winnipeg game but the, the two day break next week um, before the New Jersey game will probably be beneficial. I really hope he makes his uh, the uh, the home opener on Thursday night against the Devils. Yeah. And he, and even more, he's going to be much needed against the uh, Canadians team on Saturday. Oh yeah, because they're going to need shutting down big time. Right. And I think it proves yesterday how much we miss him because. It, it was needed that little bit of extra help from the forwards and when you've got a guy like Bergeron there he's non-stop and he kind of puts it across on the bench as well that he expects all the forwards to back check and get down low and help out so I mean I think we'll see a different team once Bergeron's back uh, I think we'll see a lot different team once Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid are back mm-hmm so, I mean, this is this is what's happening. Like we haven't even seen the full roster yet for the the start of the season. So, who knows what's going to happen yet? But I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, more or less, I'm. I just like I like to see how a game plan is planned out. You know, yeah. I like to see how Julian masterminds his lines. Uh, you know, and his, you know. Obviously, you got to be accountable when you when you when you don't match up well. But um, you, it's tough for me to think that you know what what, what do you do when when Miller and, and McQuaid do come back? Yeah, 
That's the problem. You know, Joe Moore well, hasn't even seen any time yet. I mean, it's yeah, only been well, two games. We'll soon find out if it's the same old Julian and uh, he goes with veteran guys over the young guys that are actually doing a good job. Right. Because, I mean, Carlo and Agara are doing pretty well. Like to say they've never played an NHL game before. Right. And I mean, uh, Colin Miller logged like 24 minutes of ice time against Columbus. So he's basically logging top four minutes and he's only had half the season's experience. He did pretty well in that game. So Yeah, Col- uh, Miller's got an average of 18-14. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's definitely not bad when you see him step up from 18 to 24. Right. So, I mean, like I said, it's a waiting game at the moment. It's just, I think we're all overexcited for the start of the season. Yeah. And I think we're going to see a lot of fans getting annoyed if we lose the next couple of games or kind of calling the season off just because it's the beginning of the season and we've waited so long so I'd just say stay patient oh you know you know what I wanted to bring up um, I seen it in, in the preseason and yeah. I saw it I believe in the in the Columbus game the first game of the year and I'm not sure if you if you noticed this but did you did you notice a couple of times when Brandon Carlo broke his stick no, no, no forwards came back to give him one. Really? Yeah. Um, I was sitting there watching it. I'm, I'm, I was sitting there watching it with my, with um, my fiance Courtney, and I'm like, I'm just like, why isn't everybody giving him a stick? Why isn't everybody giving him a stick? And, and it went on and on and on. Then all of a sudden, somebody there was a quick line change, and then the guy comes off the bench, hands him his stick. Yeah, but was it not? Um... Oh, which line is it? And they're all left-handed forwards. Oh, that could have been it. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I think it's... The, I, I think it's... The, no, it's not the third line, because uh, Hayes is on there. It might be the fourth line. But I think we do have a line where they're all left-handed forwards. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, I mean, it's better that he's got a stick in his hand, but... That'd be a killer a, backhand. Yeah, giving a lefty <laughs> to a right is... Well, we've seen it before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I just, it's I... like the best one was the other se- uh, last season. There'll never be a better stick one than this. Uh, Chara snaps his stick on a play. <laughs> Tory Krug hands him his stick, <laughs> and I was like, "What's he gonna do with that? It doesn't even reach the floor. It just just drops to his knees and pretend it's like uh, carpet hockey. <laughs> yeah, quick game of shinny, right? <laughs> no." Oh, but man. yeah, but um, yeah. I one thing we haven't talked about that I was gonna mention bringing up is Go for uh, it. with talking about the Toronto game, uh, a certain somebody being claimed off waivers. What? Seth Griffith. Oh yeah, we to, didn't talk about that because it 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 happened. It happened right after. Yeah, the last, pod, week's, uh, last podcast. week's podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. All right, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go right into this. I'm not happy. Yeah. Um, I I believe even as Seth Griffith at an AHL player was a better option on the right side than 
Brent Conley. All right? Yeah. Now things happen. I understand. It's a business, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Conley's now gone. He plays for the Washington Capitals. Yeah. Seth Griffith is now re-signed. He signed a one-year deal under a million dollars, which is good. I thought he was going to, you know... You know, progress okay, and then you know try to get on the team, but then they put him on waivers. Yeah. So why resign him? I I just don't understand that. I don't understand the thinking process of you. You just I mean you wasted it. It was a waste. Yeah. The the thing that kind of bugged me was, I mean it sounds really bad, because I really like the way the kid plays, but Nolichar is on a two way deal. I don't think he's waiver eligible. Right. So, I mean, I think we've got Austin Zarnick, who's shouldn't be wager eligible, um, and then you got Danton Heinen as well, who won't be wager wager eligible. Uh, waiver er- eligible. Right. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, I can't speak, but um, yeah, I mean, there was other options to send down that would clear straight through. And, and keep him on the team. And and I know the NHL, the AHL is different. I know I'm probably going to get killed for that. But Griffith was the second highest point producer in the yeah. league. Next to he was just under Chris Bork. Yeah. And I believe he had like 70 points in 60 something games. You know, come on. I I just I mean I really like the player and everything, but. Like Cam Neely said, he's tired of the of the team sprinkling talent around the league. Well, guess what? There's a perfect example of what just happened. Yep, and gave him up for free. Yeah, I mean, I mean if you if you're gonna wave him and kind of just hope that he snuck through, I think the whole point was those guys were cut on the last day of cuts, and everyone else was sending players through at the same time. So I think they thought they were going to sneak him through. Right. But, I mean, if you're a GM around the league and you've got an open spot, especially if you've got like a... if you've got like a depth forward spot that you need filling and he's probably going to sit on the bench... Uh, sit in the press box for a lot for Toronto, but... I mean, if you've got that spot available... And you got the second highest scoring guy in the AHL going on waivers. He's going to get claimed. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and you know, we we talked about this back in in July or or August when he signed a new deal. You know, yeah. and what's what's his role going to be like on the Bruins? And if he gets sent down, he'd probably get claimed. There was no doubt. My 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 point is, Seth Griffith is probably going to be better off elsewhere. If, oh, he, yeah. if he can't make the Bruins, uh, you know, good luck to him in Toronto. Um, that, that was just a tough one for me to to to, to deal with because uh, just the way he plays. I mean, I, I watched every game he played last season, and I was just absolutely amazed. And it's the fact that for such a small guy, he's kind of an all-round player. Right. Like, he, he can kind of do everything, so... I think it's going to hurt Providence a lot not having a player like that. But at the same time, I would have sent someone like Danton Heinen back down yeah. and kept Griffith up. Because Heinen needs the time to progress. Yeah, I agree. 
And, I mean, he's going to do it on the NHL now, but he's going to be going back down when once someone like Frank Vitrano comes back. Yep. Or you could see him go down when Bergeron comes back because mm. they're going to need to make the space. Right. So, it's just, a, it's just a bad time when kind of a fan favorite player like Griffith goes. So Yeah, and I I, I firmly believe that the the Bruins put him on the waiver wire with intentions to to, you know, have him report to Providence, but obviously he just got taken, so it wasn't yeah, they, I, I don't think it was one of those we don't we just gotta get rid of him, you know, we're gonna drop him. I think that was a purpose that they wanted him to go to Providence if he cleared. But like you said, there was so yeah. much so so much uh transactions going on that day. You know, he might have, you know, slipped under the wire, but... Yeah, because there was a few people slipped through that I was half expecting the Bruins to put a claim in. And, yeah, uh, well, uh, I, I cannot say this guy's name. The guy from Detroit, uh, Tommy Pukinen, whatever, Pukinen. Oh, um, Paul Cannon. Yes, yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, was a couple people that said they should go after that guy, and then all of a sudden, an hour later, it's like he's gone. Yeah, and, and then there was... Uh, Scott Wedgwood, the goalie from New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah, to make to make room for um, oh, I don't remember who it was. Shit. Yeah, I Crap. can't remember who's backing him up, but uh, yeah, I he's meant to be a really good goalie prospect. So I'm surprised he cleared waivers and then beat the Providence Bruins the next day. So right, yeah, um. There's a, like, there was a guy from Montreal, uh, I can't remember what his name was, but I know there was a lot of Bruins writers saying that they'd love to go after him as well, um, but I don't think you'll ever see the Bruins claim a guy off Montreal. Yeah. Was that Condon? No. Not the uh, goal, right? No, it was one of the forwards, I, I can't remember his name, but it's like a a Russian guy or something but again why would you claim a guy like that when you just sent a guy like Griffith down right. so that kind of defeats yeah. the purpose yeah definitely so I mean we've got a full team now I know there's guys injured and we got four guys injured now so yeah it's uh it's just a matter of waiting but the good news is that um Tukarask has said he will be playing the next game. Yes. So. so look for him to play against the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night. And then uh, New Jersey. Yep. So. Well, w- with the new season comes prospect talk. I love prospect talk. Yum, yum, yum. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, Providence Bruins started their uh, season on Friday night. And they, it's been a tough start to their year, uh, losing the first two games. Uh, but in today's game against the uh, St. John's Ice Caps, which is the Montreal Canadiens' uh, top minor league affiliate, uh, they pulled out the first win of the season with a two to one victory over the, um, the Ice Caps. Uh, Zane McIntyre, I thought, got the start his first start of the year. Malcolm Subban is. Um, reportedly sick so, and he played very well today and got the first win uh, Colby Cave and uh, Colton Hargrove, Colton Hargrove. Yeah. with the goals 
Uh, Matt Grizzlick scored, which gave him his first... I mean, not scored. He got an assist, which gave him his first uh, professional point. And... Uh, yeah, that Hargrove was... Hargrove with a 2.9 as well, assisted on Colby Kay's first goal. Yep. So, good on my uh, my favorite player, Hargrove. Yep. So... Yeah, he looked he looked really good in all the games this weekend. It was a three for three weekend, and I believe the Providence Bruins are back at it next weekend. So yeah. we'll definitely give you updates on that. Um, You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. You can catch our show on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel, available at thehockeywriters.com. Uh, lower body, I believe, and. Who else? I think that's it for Providence talk. I, I, I wish they were playing a little better, but it's an adjustment for them. Uh, there's, there's a lot. There's seven new faces on that team, um, and uh, the new coaching staff. Uh, Kevin Dean is the new head coach, who obviously took over for Bruce Cassidy, which is up with the Bruins. Um, yeah. uh, Jay Leach is the assistant coach. He's more or less the the defensive side, and uh, Trent Whitfield, which is a former Bruin. Uh, Providence Bruins player and career AHL player uh, is also on the team as a power play specialist. So I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are going on, uh, a lot of adjustments. I just really hope that the the baby bees don't start off like they did last year, going 12 and 20 whatever. And yes. uh, but uh, I'd rather see them start off the way they ended the second half of last year, you know, uh, and marching their way into a Calder Cup uh, playoff spot. Yeah, but. They've lost out on quite a few players. I mean, you haven't got uh, Kolkhlichev anymore. You haven't got um, Austin Zarnik down there. Right. Frank Vitrano's not playing. Seth Griffiths not playing. Right. Uh, you got no Colin Miller. So, I mean, they've lost out on, what, five players there? Mm-hmm. So, and that was, what, three of them players were playing in the top six yeah and then one top pair in defenseman so but uh matt bartowski uh didn't he have three he points three points three points in three games, in three games. yeah so watch out showing he's still one. got something yeah yeah and I, I i have to say i've been impressed i've watched all three uh providence Bruins games and he's he's really impressed me so far so he's making a, a uh, some positive uh progressions down in the uh, in the AHL, and he's one of the guys that I expect if there is an injury this season to the defense core, and we need a guy to step up. Yep, I think they'll do that because they won't mind waving him. Right. Because I, I, I'd also like to give an opportunity to Linus Arneson. I think he's Linus. A, Arneson. Linus uh, I can't say. It. Yeah. <laughs> Words are hard. <laughs> Names yeah, are hard. Especially Especially with the European name. I know, I'm so bad. I'm bad <laughs> talking regular English with my Boston accent, never mind trying to, you know, name a, a European player. But, uh, yeah, he deserves a shot. Big kid. I mean, he definitely adds size to an even decent-sized defensive core, so. Yeah. I mean, I, he's a, a skilled defenseman as well. It's not like he's just a shutdown guy. Right, right. So, he's got good, good possession numbers moving out of the zone. Yeah. So, um, with with Providence Bruins talk over for another week, um, 
some updates on the uh, the prospects in the Canadian juniors since these players have been um, sent back to their respective junior teams. Uh, let's, just, let's just go in alphabetical order. Uh, Jesse Gabriel has played in six games since his return to the Prince George Cougars of the Western Hockey League. Uh, he's got five goals, four assists, nine points, and three of those goals are on the power play. Um, I've, I watched uh, a couple of his games so far, and he looks like uh, he took the, the, the uh, I want to call it demotion, to, back to his junior team uh, quite well. Uh, he really stepped in and uh, with a two-goal effort uh, in his first game. Yeah, well, he's he's kind of a classy player, isn't he? Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I like I like his been... overall attitude. I mean, you know, yeah. the kid just wants to work, and he doesn't matter where he goes as long as he's skating, he's happy. Yeah, and the good thing is, I mean, he's playing top line minutes, so another season down there, and he might be ready for the NHL. Yeah, and um, if I'm not mistaken, I got to look it up. I I forgot to write this down in my notes, but I believe. Prince George is undefeated. I yeah, could, I think I, I think could, I've seen that. I could be wrong. No, no, they're ten and two. But at one time, uh, uh, when Jesse Gabriel first started, they were eight and all. So yeah, ten and two was a That's... really respected record for a Western Hockey League team. Definitely. So. Uh, Next one is uh, Jeremy Lawson from the Rowan Naranda Huskies of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Uh, he's only been back for two games, uh, and he's got a goal and two assists, three points. Um, not too sure about why he's only played in two games, and I'm not sure if, he, if he's injured. I'll have to look into that. Um, I've only seen one of his games, uh, and it was I, I, I probably about half I watched about half of it because it was in French no no offense yeah. to the, our French fans but it's only, hard to I know there's only so much it. I can take so you know, I'm not <laughs> making fun of anybody of the great people up north but it's as much as I want to watch and 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 and, and you know evaluate I just oh I try but yeah. um another player that I've been except I've been really really paying attention to and the next one up is Zach Senishin, uh from the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds of the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, he has played four games since we returned. And in his first three games, um, unim- very unimpressive. Um, I'm not sure if he's got um, a, a lingering injury or any of the summer, what happened in the summer with his appendectomy, um, yeah. appendix, whatever, and um, the mono. Uh, I'm not sure if that's catching up to him, but uh, I didn't see this type of player in Bruins camp. And I'm almost, I think he just, I, I'm not sure if he took it hard, but... Um, a minus six in in uh, in four games. Yeah, that's not good. No, and you know, but he did turn it around on uh, Friday night, and he scored a hat trick against the Kingston Fontenacs, and I think that's a, a real boost for him. Uh, yeah. Because and then today he scored a goal with a win over the Ottawa Sixty Sevens. So he's got a, a nice little two-game point streak going on, 
and you know, I, I, I really hope the best for this kid because if he's on his game, I mean, the kid scored 46 last year. Yeah. I believe he could break 50. Hopefully. Yeah, I mean, that would be really nice, and then, then that step into either an NHL job next year or he's available for AHL time. And it's a right winger, which is what we need. Exactly. A real thin so, on the right side. Yeah. <clears throat> and the last one, um, defenseman Jakob Sborrell, St. John Sea Dogs of the Quebec Major Juniors. Uh, he's played in six games, and he's got two goals, three assists, five points. Um, he's, <clears throat> like I've said in a couple other podcasts uh, prior, Sborrell is one of those players that's very streaky. He goes in and out year to year this year he looks like he's different it's different he looks like he's really working hard um so i expect good things from him this year well no i read an article the other day that was saying that last year he was told when he left the bruins camp that he was to work on his defensive game and be more defensive minded defenseman instead of trying to jump up into the play and I think he proved that he could do that last year and I think they've gone back to telling him right step it up both sides of the puck yep. like bring your offensive game as well as doing your defensive game and it seems like he's starting to do that now so I think they're, they're doing a good job of building a good two way D man with him and it'll only help him out later on I mean he looked good in um, in like camp and everything. And I thought he, did he looked well. good. Yeah, he did well on the boards, and he's not. He looks like he's going to be a soft touch, be like behind the net and on along the boards. But he is quite good with his body. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's one. He's one of those guys that I'm not expecting big things out of him, like. He's kind of like a Joe Morrow guy where I can see him being probably seventh or sixth defenseman. But you never know with him. Like, you never know if he's going to step up or not. So I'm I'm hoping he does. But at the same time, we've got a lot of defensive prospects. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. the future de- definitely looks bright. Oh, yeah. So, but. yeah, we're about, we're about an hour so yeah. I think we're going to call it for tapping out for the week. I just saw, yeah. I want to give out a quick birthday shout out to a, a very uh, good defensive hockey player. Uh, his name is uh, Sebastian Neville. He plays for the Amesbury High, uh, Amesbury High School. Yeah, okay. Amesbury Youth Program. Um, and he's my buddy. So he's turning 13. He turned 13 on Thursday. Uh, happy birthday, Sebastian. Happy birthday, hey, buddy. So. Alright, Rob, I will talk yeah. to you soon. I'll talk to you next week. We'll get together and uh, we'll, we'll talk about the games that are coming up uh, next week. Winnipeg, yeah. New Jersey, and Montreal. And we'll get back to other prospect talk and anything Bruins related. Yeah, and I think we'll be on a high next week because of the Montreal game. Oh, so yeah. It's always good. I'll probably be still drunk from Saturday night so it should be an interesting <laughs> interesting day on the next day so 
Yeah, I'll try not to be. <laughs> try. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can follow me at Black and Gold two seven seven. You can follow Rob at Rob Forty Bruins. And uh, check out the Bruins beat. Uh, not the Bruins beat. No, I always say that the Bruins Extra website. Uh, you can also look them up on Twitter. Uh, very good with game updates and um, and good Bruins articles. So give them a check out. Yeah. And uh, don't forget, leave us some feedback. Tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing yeah, wrong. Yeah. And just keep in touch, everyone. Yeah. Send uh, reach out via Twitter. Reach out to us. Uh, email provided um, in the in the link that I. Uh, that I send out, and um, yeah, we we accept any any uh, criticism or thoughts or whatever. We just send it to us, and if you have a question, we'll we'll, we'll read it um, on yeah. a weekly basis. So uh, we'll save some time, a couple minutes, and try to answer your question. Yeah, definitely. All right, Rob. Thanks again. All right, thanks, buddy. Thanks everybody Another for the support. Good week. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to it. We got I don't know thirty more weeks to go. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you everybody again. The support is is always overwhelming. We love you, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please join us next week for another discussion of Bruins hockey-related material.